0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
2: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you wanna tell people the big news, Welcome back to another episode of Growing Up the Same. I'm your host, Trevon Edwards, and I'm joined always by my co-host, Jason Madison. What's going on, Jason? What up, bro? And today we have a special guest, Darrell Wright. What's going on, bro? And How you, bro? How you doing? Man, I can't complain. Sir.
1: Darrell Lawrence Wright is an amazing <laughs> professional <laughs> basketball player. Who was drafted in the 2004 NBA draft by the Miami Heat directly out of high school, where he won an NBA championship with them in 2006. He played in the NBA for 12 years. D Wright, this is it the That's one of the good. You ready? Yes, sir. Mashed potatoes or yams? Yams. Martin or the Fresh Prince? Martin. Jordan 1 or Jordan 11? Jordan 1. Warriors or Blazers? Warriors. At uh, Magic Mountain, Deja Vu or X2? X2. Moet or Vu? Moet. MAC-10 or Dub C? Dub C. The Last Dance or Hoop Dreams? The Last Dance. Are you a morning person or a night person?
3: Morning, now.
1: (laughs) Dame or Russ? Oh no
3: No answer <laughs> That's the trick bag I don't know bro <laughs> I'm gonna go with the home team though Russ Yeah uh,
1: Bentley truck or the Rolls truck Rose truck Suicides or burpees Suicides Hot sauce or skip to my loo Skip to my loo LA traffic or Bay Area traffic
3: Bay Area traffic
1: Philly Rappers or Florida Rappers? Florida Rappers. Thanksgiving or Christmas? Christmas. Jay-Z or Nas? Jay-Z. Pac or Biggie? Pop. Kanye or Pharrell? real. Eddie Murphy or Jamie Foxx? Eddie Murphy. Corn Rose or Fade? Fade. Dom Kennedy or YG? YG 400. Rodman or Ron Artest? Rodman. Fantasy sports or bet on the game?
3: Fantasy sports.
1: The bridge or the pipe? The bridge. Friday or don't be a menace?
3: Oh, <laughs> damn. I'm about to go with don't be a menace. Yeah, that's a code. I feel you. That's a class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rise or you got served? Rise. And the last one, Drew League or Washington Park? Drew Lee. What's up? Bless Mm -hmm. the morning. Yeah, them some tough ones right there, God damn. (laughs) Hell yeah.
2: All right, bro. Here we go. All right. Tell us about Darrell Wright growing up playing baseball.
3: Oh, man. You know, uh, growing up playing baseball, man, that was something that my, my father really, really wanted me to do. He just seen the longevity in it. Uh, he knew, you know, it'd be something you could play forever. Uh, And, you know, that was something he played growing up. He didn't play basketball. He played a little bit of football, but baseball was like his number one sport and also my grandfather. So that was kind of what was installed in me to be a baseball player. Uh, Fortunate enough to live right up the street from Rex Cage, So they got probably half of my money growing up as a kid and my parents' money. So Man, yeah, it's just the, the things you see with these kids online now, putting the work in with basketball is pretty much what I was doing on the baseball field and in my backyard at the batting cages in that Holly Park. So, man, I, it, w- it was an everyday thing for me. I, I was doing something every day with baseball. So you mentioned that you put a lot of
2: work in in the batting cages and that's different parks and putting the hours in that. Um, a lot of people don't know we played AAU basketball together how, was you, how did you find balance to travel and play AAU basketball, but then also focus on baseball? Because you are a really good baseball player. Like right. <laughs> a lot of people might
3: not know that. Right. I think it, what it was, my parents made it real clear, like baseball is first. So if it's a bigger tournament, if it's a scouting tournament or whatever it is, that comes first. And if you do have enough time to go hoop, you could go do that. And they wasn't taking me, you know, Miss Yvonne was coming to pick me up or Roy. Somebody was coming to pick me up because, you know, they didn't really too much care for it. It was like, he's just doing that, you know, just to, you know, to hoop. they didn't know how good I was in basketball at the time either. But the number one priority was baseball. So if it was a baseball tournament or a scout league tournament, I was going to go to that before any basketball tournament. Shout out to uh, Roy and Yvonne, man. Classic. What position did you play in baseball? Um, when I were when I was younger coming up, I was a shortstop and pitcher. So that was probably that was the main two positions I played. Oh, and I did a lot of back catching. That's probably why my knees start getting bad when I got older. I was thinking back because my mom always sending me old pictures. I was like, man, that's why my damn knees hurt so bad it's from all that back catching I used to do, man. But
2: nah, it was Roy making us go to the sand dunes before
0: games. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: we right. all could we all could dunk
3: though. So that was cool. Right. Right? Facts, hey. facts. Um, and quick, quick funny story about that, man. Right now, I got a, I got a team, AU team, um, for this May Hoops, the EYBL, and right now I'm trying to recruit Marquis son, Marquis Jr., so it's crazy how things come in full circle. That's, man. that's crazy, dude. Crazy. That is crazy. So hopefully <laughs> we get him on the team because he's nice. He's 6'3", 12 year, 13 years old, so hopefully we grab him. Yeah, for you guys listening, uh, Marquise is
2: coach is uh grandson. <laughs> yeah.
3: mm-hmm, exactly. So, so that
2: goes full circle in that situation. <laughs> um, who was your favorite player uh in baseball
3: growing up? Favorite player in baseball was always no uh no more Garcia Power, uh Alex Rodriguez, uh Mike Piazza, David Justice. Those are like my favorite players in Ichiro. What do you think about
2: this generation and our generation being exposed to multi-sports you know like we had a chance to play whatever you potentially play and if you made it to the varsity level your coach was like allowing you to do it as two sport athletes Mm -hmm. versus now
3: I I think now parents just see the the professionals you know they they see the money they say they see the lifestyle so they kind of skip a lot of steps and they just that's all they're thinking about. They're not thinking about what high school my kid is going to. They're not thinking about college scholarship. They're just thinking about the NBA, you know, the pros. So I think that is what's really hurting these players because, you know, all this wear and tear on their body. They get to the lead if they do make it, you know, their body is like a 30 year old man because of all the all the working out, all the jumping, all the, you know, games every weekend. So I think it's kind of hurting them. And I feel like, you know, when you were playing multiple multiple sports like we did growing up, it gave you a little bit of everything. Like my hand and eye coordination came from baseball. My toughness came from football. And then you just put that all together. And I think a lot of kids are missing that. And the fact that they don't even go outside and play other sports because, you know, if you didn't play on a team, you always played outside with your friends. You know, Battle the streets. Sports. For exactly. sure. Exactly, Battle so the streets. I That's think,
2: what we have for sure.
3: Yeah, they, they're missing out on so much toughness, so much discipline. Just, you know, going to play other sports and, you know, trying, trying new things. Do you think that kids in
1: AAU or or just in basketball in general are playing too many games nowadays?
3: Way too much basketball, man. And that's something, you know, we're learning now. You know, my first year having my own program is just, you know, the parents, especially during this pandemic, they're like, when are we going to play? When are we going to play? And it's like, your kid has missed so many steps and and and, ha- and been having the worst coaching we're trying to break the kids all the way down and build them all the way up from a fundamental standpoint, a team standpoint, leadership, all that. Because now, you know, you just go out there, you roll the balls and you give a kid 30 combo moves and you expect him to do that. But, you know, you tell them getting the triple threat or, you know, uh, a jump stop, they, it's hard for them to do that. So it's like, man, we're trying to, you know, come from the basics, you know, make it, make the kids fundamentally sound, learn how to play the right way. So I think the skill work is way more important than playing games at this age, too, at the the middle school age. You know, once you get to high school, I hope somebody was coaching and helping you to learn all that stuff. But they're not really learning like that, man. It's pretty sad to see, too.
2: It's a lot of steps to skip, especially with hype and athleticism, because that's Mm -hmm. where you get the peak or the burnout. So if you're playing all those games – whether it's hundred to 200 games from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, going in mm-hmm. nonstop, you get there. The kid probably is the number one player in high school. The kid's probably the number one player in college. They get to the league It's different levels to peak at. And they Man. reached that max. And that's the same sure. thing. Like we were hooping. I mean, I know you started off with baseball. I started basketball at four by 27. I was burnt out. It wasn't mm-hmm. whether, I mean, I probably would have a different mindset if I was doing mm-hmm. it for a living But by the time you know, B level overseas, and I'm not making that type of money that's going to overcompensate, I'm mentally burnt out and checked out. So I can see a bunch of kids, especially when they're told if they don't become a first round pick or as a young kid say, get it out of the mud, they struggle. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's that's the different thing. And the league is getting younger. We got
1: the league is getting younger. Where where do y'all think that that generational difference? like, is where the fundamentals are starting to lack? Like, do you think it came in, like, right now? Was it a few years ago? Like, where do you think that – that? I would say the
3: last – probably the last – my son is 13, maybe the last five to six years. Every kid has a trainer. Every kid, you know, go go do skill work and working with this guy and going to these camps. That's the big thing now. You go to these camps. You travel to different places and play in these top camps with all these kids. So, you just – Play, play, play. They roll the balls out. Nobody's teaching the kids nothing. It's basically money grab. So the people, if, if you know the AAU industry, and I'm just realizing all oh, this, so much money in it. So that's what these people see. They see dollar signs when they see parents and kids. They don't see like, okay, I can help this kid. You know, if he doesn't make it, he could, you know, become this. They're not helping with none of that. They're just saying, okay, he come to train two or three times. That's like mm, two, three hundred each week or whatever the case maybe that's what they looking at you know oh, see so is it you think the coaching is not as good as it used to be when, when y'all was coming mm-hmm. up no yeah. no no because it's so watered down so many AAU teams back in the day if you play for AAU team like that was like dang you, you travel you know and if you wasn't good enough to play AAU you play a rec ball now everybody got an AAU team everybody's traveling everywhere so it's just like who are really the, the the dogs out here, and that's why you see the games, the CJs, all these guys that get lost in the sauce at an early age because they probably wasn't strong enough, they wasn't big enough, and then they get to leave. You be like, man, he went to this school. It's like, no, they were just overlooked as a youngin because they were probably too small or they didn't have the opportunity to play against the top dogs when they were in high school. Shouts to the underdogs, man. Mm-hmm. All Shouts right,
2: transitioning to bikes. What what is what is your connection to bikes growing up,
3: man? You know, that's just something we did in our neighborhood. You know, you either was on a GT Dino or you had the mongoose. And, you know, my pops always I used to always begging for that for that Dino. I like, man, I need the GT Dino. And I only rolled pegs on the back. I was about so. to
2: say, don't forget the pegs, man. Yeah, out I had pegs. the
3: pegs straight up, you know, fish telling <laughs> trash cans, you know, messing up the neighborhood, wheeling the whole block. That's the type of stuff we used to do, man. And that was, that was also, you know, you'll give up to where you was hanging out at. You know, if you go into the homie house and nobody can find you, everybody biking the lawn uh, in the front yard, you know, okay, all the homies is at so-and-so house. So, man, that's just something we did, man. You know, from being down, ditch to wheeling, fish-telling, all that type of crazy stuff. We did that in my neighborhood. Don't forget about putting the soda cans at the back of the tires. Oh yeah, heck yeah. Making it sound like a motorcycle
2: so thirsty it now when right I think right. about it. Um, but I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, as being a father now, your kids being amazement that, that you're so well-versed in like multiple things. I mean, that was yeah. thing that we got a chance to do. We got a chance to play pogs. We got a chance to play video games. We got a chance to ride bikes. We got a chance to play street football. You can go mm-hmm. down the line of growing up in the nineties versus now it's either screen time, Mm-hmm. Or multiple commitment to one sport or whatever they're interested in. I mean, they have a little chance yeah. to play playing video games now at this point. So, um, as far as riding the bikes, um, do you have any funny stories about you know any funny bike stories? I know I have one.
3: Funny bike stories, man.
2: Or like oh.
1: even falling off a bike because <laughs> I know I I used to eat shit like coming down yeah. the hills.
3: We used to like to, uh, I don't know if you guys ever did this when On a bike, uh, you sit on the handlebars backwards and you just ride like that. So, you know, doing crazy stuff like that. I used to live in a cul-de-sac down the hill. So coming down there fast as hell falling, just doing dumb stuff, playing ding dong ditch on the bike. You know what I'm saying? Not banging on people's door and trying to hurry up and run like the neighbors don't know that we're the only ones in the neighborhood on the damn bikes. They know who it is. So. That used to be my funny stuff and, you know, like, cool stories, just doing crazy stuff and thinking we were really X Games and all that stuff. Tony Hawk on bikes.
2: Yeah, for sure. I definitely. <laughs> I related I related riding bikes to, like, motocross. I mean, I couldn't, oh yeah, se- sure. I couldn't separate the two, but it was, like, mm-hmm. back when Kmart was in Compton, they had these, like, construction hills. And I was mm-hmm. going in the back, and I'm hitting these hills with the homie. And um, I got jacked on oh. my bike by by some t flats right mm-hmm. and if you for my listeners uh t flats is a mexican gang in compton and they're not too fond of you know black people in general right so i'm going up the hill i'm having fun we're bunny hopping we're doing all the things i'm doing tricks off the pegs everything i'm about 12 years old at this time all white gt Dino, white max chromed out pegs on it just just everything the Grips. Just dope. Oh, you was cold. All of a sudden, I got got stuck in something and I see some, like, like you can tell when somebody's right next to you. And it was a dude with like a, a, a plywood in his hand trying to hit me, right? <laughs> oh, so I pushed the dude down the hill and the next dude had a gun.
0: Oh, and that was shit. during
2: a time where it was like, people were actually getting shot over over material things, whether it was jackets, right. Jordans and stuff like that. I had to think fast, and I just gave up the bike. But I was so mad, dog. I still think about man. that to this day because I love that bike. And now when yeah. I see the bikes now, they're probably $500, $600 if you're trying to really get it back to how it was at that time. Right. And I, I know I'm just too damn old to be on a bike now. But right. just really thinking <laughs> about it, man, those are some fun times, dude. Even though I got my bike stolen, I got jacked, I'm, I, I still wouldn't change that moment, man. It was, it was definitely a fun moment. Yeah, um, was, man. so our last subject with you was uh video games tell us about video games
3: so i did play a lot of video games as it, probably before delon came around you know i played a few games but it was like what nintendo i think we were on duck hunt that used to be my favorite yep. and then i think playstation and then maybe dreamcast is probably when delon was a little more of age and once he started whooping me I was like, I'm off this, you know, because the big bro can't be losing a little bro. And he he got nice at the game. I think we used to play 2K because I always remember using um, Bobby Jackson. Is was, was, was it Bobby Jackson from with the, the Sacramento? Yeah, but yep. the King. I, I used to always use him. And the line started getting better than me. And that's when I kind of like ditched the whole video games until I got older.
2: <laughs> I was going to say, man, you, you're a pretty good Madden player. Um, A lot of people don't know about that. Like, you know, I don't know if they need to do a celebrity Madden tournament or something, but I will say I I put down Madden a long time ago. I'm still playing video games, but I was always in a 2k. And I mean, I played some other titles and stuff like that, but that was kind of our little break. You know, if we went to Vegas, we would bring a system. I think we had, I think we had Sega Dreamcast at the time when we went to, Mm -hmm. you know, during our time. Um, and not, not a knock to the NBA at that time. Cause I think the early two thousands wasn't watered down, but the Lakers was just constantly winning.
0: So right. we were more focused
2: <laughs> on playing ourselves. Exactly. And then at that time, kind of committing to what we wanted to do. Cause I think like back then it was like, if you won on VAR by junior year. It's
3: like, what are you doing? You, <laughs> doing? <laughs> you might as well just figure it out.
2: You know what I mean? And, and at that up. time we had kind of, you know, cause I remember, man, it was a few times, um, we would be on the court, and I just didn't, you know. You were fortunate enough for 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 coaches not to really mess with your game a lot and make you go down low,
0: you know. Because right, I right, gave you the
2: freedom to shoot the three. I, you and mm-hmm. Demetrius Hazel, bro. I used to argue with y'all like, yo, y'all <laughs> are y'all six, y'all, <laughs> y'all are six six, bro. Go post, bro. Because I, you know, although I could, I could jump, I, could, right. I can't, I can't. We can't do the in four out, you know. What I mean, it's not
3: yeah, no, for out. sure.
2: But uh, nah, man, I was extremely happy to watch. Uh,
1: did, you, did you play fighting games
3: too? No, I never. Everything I played was always sports. It was either Tony Hawk or 2K or Matt or Blitz, NFL Blitz. I used to be greatest fired.
2: game, greatest football <laughs> game of all time.
3: Straight up, man. I used to
1: play that. What about Game Day? Did you used to play Game Day?
3: 98. Not, game day on Madden, uh, Sega?
1: Oh Sega,
3: yeah. Yeah, yeah, I used to play that for sure. Game day 98 on PlayStation on with
2: Jerome Bettis in the front, bro, with the yeah, stiff arm. exactly. That was probably the craziest game. <laughs> the
1: bus, Man, was, so the bus yeah, he was so hard. It was so hard. It was impossible to take down. Yeah. Facts. I used to always play this to So being that you came straight from high school to the league, who would you say is the top five high school players that came straight to the
3: league? uh top five would be uh no order uh kobe bron kg t mac and the last one would be damn who would the last one be i don't know i I probably i probably get that to like monte ellis or somebody like that somebody just Yeah. Very yeah. underrated. Yeah, I was going to say league. underrated
1: pick right there. That's yeah, because doing.
3: a lot of people don't remember Monte came out of high school. He was a second-round pick, mm-hmm. worked his way to be a franchise player, made a lot of money. Mississippi Bullet. Mississippi Bullet. Bullet. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Montae with, with my fifth. Yeah, that's right. I like that. You know, Who would
1: you say was the toughest player
3: you ever had to guard in the league? Toughest player would have to be between Bean and, and Melo. Yeah. Just – It was always hard to guard the fools that can shoot any shot and the coach not going to say nothing. So you always got to be prepared as soon as he cross half court, it's going to be a random screen that's going to hit you or he's just going to go ISO. So Mm -hmm. Kobe was killer because he had so many moves, so many pump fakes. And if you didn't go for it, he was going to raise up. And if you did go for it, he's going to wait till you come down, lean into you, and one. So that's what made him hard to guard because he had so much stuff in his game. And Melo – just the fact that he had the speed, the quickness, the size. If you get too close, he going to bump you, you know, knock you off balance. And then he had a ratchet with him. So I was like, damn, he, this dude right here, hard to guard, especially in that mid post area. He was tough. So th- those are definitely my two. Oh, and KD. KD. Yeah. KD was tough too, <laughs> for yeah, sure. I can imagine. Yeah, Them three, good. for sure.
1: Was it anything like that you would – kind of mentally prepare yourself, like the night you knew you had to play to them, like, fuck, let me let me get a few, you know what I'm saying? Man,
3: the only thing you do is pray that they have an off night, because guys like that, you're not going to just go and shut them down. First off, you can't touch nobody, especially them guys. When you get to that caliber, you breathe on them, it's a foul. So, right. uh, you know, you just pray that they're going to have a, a tough night, and you just try to make it as tough as possible. Contest every shot, swiping at the ball, just doing little stuff, uh, you know, Right, always in contact with them because you know most scorers don't like that you bumping them. Just doing little little stuff to them. Keith Atkins was the person that really you know developed me in Miami, especially on the defensive end. So that was like kind of some of the tricks he used to tell me to do: fouling people after the play, just get, trying to get them get in their head. But you know, being respectful at the same time. But you know, just doing little stuff to wear them down. Just right. always on them, leaning on them, and stuff right. like that, annoying stuff. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Your brother is in the league. How did you feel when he made it to the league?
3: Yeah, I'm crazy, because I used to always be like, I'd never seen it. But one person, Marcus Williams, is always the one that was like, man, DeLon, nice. And I used to be like, because I, I, first, I've never seen one high school game of DeLon. So I used to always only see him in the summertime. And he didn't play like me. He, he wasn't aggressive. He wasn't athletic. He wasn't fast. He didn't have nothing in his game that I had. So I was like, he weak. <laughs> <laughs> like, he don't go hard. He lazy, he just hella lackadaisical. And then, you know, my coach, uh, Coach Morris, is like, man, he's not you. I'm like, okay. And then, you know, you just start seeing the little things like the hustle, the steals, getting his hands on the flesh, I mean, on the ball all the time, uh, offensive rebounding. He used to do all the dirty work. So I was like, okay, he's doing that. And then once he came up here with me in the Bay to go to junior college, me going to all his games, I'm like, yeah, all right. Uh, you know what I mean? he so, got a great feel for the game. <laughs> yeah, I was coaching at a junior college
2: in the Bay at De Anza College, and mm-hmm. uh, I got a chance to watch because they got a chance. They were playing against our school. Okay. And I'm like, okay, I played with his brother, you know, and I went to scout. So I'm yeah. watching, and I'm like, yo, he, he, can, he can go. He can go. All right, right. Uh, he can go. You know what I'm saying? And I thought, like, obviously, maturity-wise, I thought that was the best decision for him. Obviously, to make that transition to Utah, you know what I mean? Because for sure, the JUCO grind is sometimes underlooked. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's a lot of hungry guys, man, and and sometimes you're kind of forced to play in different different things that are seen. So I think it helps now, even in his NBA career,
3: where he's able to adjust in certain things and different for schemes sure. that are thrown at him. Yeah, man, it's it's crazy. It's wild to see him out there, man. I'm so happy and proud of him. Just you know, still, you know, going into a six year, I think he's getting ready to go into. He just got a nice little deal. So that's what you know Big Brothers is all about, man, is helping a little bro get to where you were or surpass you. And he's definitely did all of that. So I'm happy for him.
1: When when did he first beat you one-on-one?
3: He's never beat me one on one. That's the thing.
0: He ain't
2: beat you yet.
3: Delon is on, is a is a gamer. He can't do that type of he can't play in no pro-am's. He can't play in nothing like that. He got to be a a game. That's the only way he can play. I'm
2: glad you said that because a lot of people see guys that get kind of bullied into playing into these leagues and then they Mm -hmm. don't look so great. And then they say, how did you make it? And it's like in team concepts, you're a star in your role and you know how to, you know, play in those situations. Like I know personally, I. If you play me one-on-one, you, Jason probably could beat me one-on-one because I don't know <laughs> how to – I don't have any moves in like Dude. three dribbles or anything like that. But if you put me in a high IQ situation where I actually have to play point, I'll be okay because I can kind of – I'm complimented by my strengths. You know what, you know, what I mean? In situation, and I think in DeLon's way, he, he has an opportunity to like thrive off the players, especially in Dallas. You know, you got yeah. shooters and bigs and guys that can do all this other stuff and right. it just only helps him, you know?
3: Yeah, so he's definitely one of those gamers. So he he probably won't never beat me. <laughs> We're gonna take it to shooting now because I can't move like like I used to. So we just right. go out there to the perimeter. I'll just you know smack him around up there. <laughs> so you played with uh with Skip to
1: my right? Right for Austin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was, what was practice like with him? Did he ever was he playing like that in practice?
3: No, he'd do his little skip. That's probably the most he'd do, man. It, you know, being in Miami is so strict, man, and you just yeah. they don't want none of the extras. Like they used to beg Jay Will to do all the flashy stuff, and Jay Will was just like, nah, man, I'm here to win, this and that. So right, nah, you never, but you know, one thing I can say for Skip to be, you know, known more of a street legend, street ball legend, he was nice. Yeah, like he could knock down the shot. He was a great playmaker a great passer and he could score the ball at a high level and I don't think he got a lot of respect for that just because so many people saw him as Skip to exactly. So it was always crazy to see him at practice or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. cuz you know, I grew up watching him on mixtapes and stuff like that, but Skip was a was definitely a, a underrated good a good underrated uh NBA player. Um what would you say is your favorite childhood memory? Favorite childhood memory. Ooh. Mine would probably be when we went to Orlando and won the, uh, the World Series, the RBI World Series out there. So from that, we went and played. We played, like, teams from Puerto Rico all over the country. All over uh, – yeah, all over the country. Puerto Rico was there as well. And after that, after we won, Gary Sheffield bought the whole team uh, championship ring, so – we got him at Dodger Stadium, went on the field before the game. Oh. game so that was fire to me. Yeah, that's that super fire. Hard. I
1: used to love Gary Sheffield. He was one of my Gary buddies. Sheffield
3: was called. Yeah. And shout out to Steven Sapp because he just bought it up. We went back to back. So I don't know how much the rings cost, but the next year we didn't get nothing. <laughs> I was like, no. I'm like, oh yeah, we're going back to Dodger Stadium. We're about to get another ring back to back. And nope, didn't happen, but we were hella appreciative you know the first one and you know having that opportunity because not too many people had the opportunity to play for that team like that was a a tough team to get on you know it was called rbi reviving baseball in the inner city so you got all the kids all around la coming to try out for that team and when you made that team that meant something so yeah that's dope uh, that was pretty dope um what's significant about one three five um, you know, just a brotherhood, you know, a bunch of dudes that all had all looked up to each other, you know, d Way looked up to Q, I looked up to Q, I looked up to D-Wade. So, you know, we were in, we all solid dudes. So when we all played together, it's like, dog, this is crazy. Cause them dudes almost made me move to Chicago. Like I was going to look at houses in Chicago after my first year, really thinking about moving out there to be, be at Hoops Gym with Tim Grover. And all the Chicago guys, it was like some of the best run It's before, you know, I even knew that they was hooping like that at UCLA. So I'd be in Chicago hooping with all the all the good guys from uh, Chicago. And and that's when we kind of really build our bond over the two summers with me, D-Wade and Q, you know, partying, hanging out at Q House, you know, just having fun, bro. And, uh, th- those are my guys, man. I-, I look up to those dudes so much and respect them so much. It's kind of reason why I named my first son, you know, after the both of them, because you know how they took me under their wing and, and how they showed me the ropes. I was like, I- I'm always in debt. You know what I mean? To these guys. That's amazing.
2: So, uh, now, um, uh, looking back at everything, right. Mm-hmm. Um, at, well i'm older i was say i was gonna say 35 i ain't gonna age you yet <laughs> you
3: ain't there yet I got, I got like a month a month like, left a month left
2: hey. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what i'm saying that's crazy dude crazy 35 man um what advice would you give 18 year old drill
3: oh man the advice the number one advice i give myself is uh the NBA, derail is you know take advantage of those relationships around the arena. You know those people that sit in courtside, those people are sitting there for a reason. You know I thought when I first got to the lead, I couldn't relate to many people because these people weren't from they weren't from where I was from. You know what I mean? And I never thought you know they'd have interest in what where I come from, my background, what I'm into and stuff like that so it took me until i got a little bit older to be like oh damn these people are pretty cool you know they're fans of me you know they want to get to know me they want to help me and stuff like that so taking advantage of relationships and and kind of being how i am now you know networking networking all the time and being a connector and you know having so many different connections everywhere and different friends i wish i would have did that at a younger age Because, you know, never know what I'd be doing right after basketball or whatnot. You know, i got a lot of great things brewing right now. But, you know, just imagine if those from those people from 17 years ago, you know, I was cool with that was sitting around the arena. Well, you know, Uh, know,
2: being a being a young pro, too, man, we you know, you look at it just in just the expectations of a 19 year old or, you know, just 19 and just growing up in the NBA. You literally grew up in the NBA. You have your cool hat on. Yeah, and sometimes like you were blessed to be around that, that that oh six oh yeah, six Miami Heat team, mm-hmm. and you're around like vets that really did it at a high level. You know what I mean? And that experience alone yeah. probably extended your career to how you know to to the time that you know that kept you around.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of teams. My bad, to cut you off. I think a lot of teams um, realize the value. You know that. That was for me, you know, when I was playing with the Steve Smiths, the Eddie Jones, Wesley Person, all these great names. Because I, I call out all the older ones because they were like my age right now when I was 18. I thought these dudes were like dinos- dinosaurs, like y'all, old as hell. <laughs> so I think once I, you know, was able to get away from Miami, you know, it felt like that was my time to grow and expand and, you know, be me. You know, a lot of teams saw that value because the first thing they used to say is like, man, we need to know how y'all doing it down in Miami. That was always like the the organization everybody looked at as like, you know, like first class. We want to be like them. We want our organization to be like them. We want vets to come in. We want people to want to be here and work hard. So I think, you know, after I left there, that helped me. You know, the other three or four places I went to after that, just because they knew what was installed in me for those six years in Miami, playing for Pat Riley, Stan Van Gundy, Eric Sposher, and being around great players.
1: That heat culture.
3: Man, heat culture, man, for real.
1: What was it like partying in Miami with Shaq and when they won the title?
3: (laughs) Man, that that mess was crazy, bro. But the crazy thing is I was ready to go. Like, you know, I was ready to get back to the homies. Uh, This is when uh, my wife and I just started talking, too. So I was trying to get back hang out with her, see what was good. So it, it was fun, you know, the two, three days before the parade, mm-hmm. and then the parade happened. I was gone the next day. I was yeah. like, I'm out of here. The homies is waiting on me. Right. I'ma catch y'all later, but we had a great time. I think we partied a little too much because that next season we was getting smacked around. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that hangover, that championship
3: hangover. Definitely, we definitely had that championship hangover, for sure.
2: Hold you right, man. You know it's a blessing man having you as a guest we awesome. always appreciate you bro taking time out to talk to us man yes sir thanks for having me fellas it's dope yeah uh, stay safe out here man yes sir